Hey, Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes. Before we get to this Ready to Rumble episode with special guests Trey Crowder and Corey Ryan Forster for the Putting on Airs podcast, I want to remind you all you can support the show financially by going to patreon.com slash popcorn. Sign up for any of our tiers. $2, $5, $10, or $15 packages are all available with exclusive content. We have hundreds and hundreds of hours of bonus reviews. So if there's a movie that we haven't done on the public channels, you know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you, and you're like, hey, you guys should do that, we might have already done it. If you go over to patreon.com and check it out. Also, if money's tight and, you know, things are a bit rough, just go over to YouTube, search for Medium Popcorn Podcast, subscribe there for all alerts about future reviews and celebrity interviews because we do do quite a few of those. Or you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the show. But again, patreon.com slash mediapocalypse is where it's at. You're guaranteed to have your Patriot thoughts read on future episodes, which is a big thing for our podcast. So, again, consider patreon.com slash mediapocalypse. But for now, enjoy this episode. Hi. Um, can I have a medium popcorn, no butter, and a small diet Pepsi? <laughs> We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Media popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pisses or your Hey, Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes, is Eddie Collins. Hey guys, it's Justin Brown. His name is not Eddie, it's, it's Brandon, but okay. You, okay. Know, you know what time it is, listeners and Patreon subscribers. Uh, we're incredibly Patreon. excited for this, you know, because everybody listens, man. No, but you said Patreons. I said pa- Patreons. You said Patreons. All right, we're going to talk about, like, enunciation <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff and where we're from in a second. But I uh, have two incredible guests. It's so excited to have these guys on. It's been, I think we've been talking about doing this for about a year almost. Um, we got Trey Crowder and Corey Ryan Forrester of the Putting on Airs podcast. How you doing, guys? What's up, man? Doing good, buddy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a minute since uh, we met when you dusted us. <laughs> at, uh, dude, Doug loves movies as a DC improv. I was like, man, this guy ain't playing around. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Like, <laughs> I kept, I kept winning yeah. so many of those. It got weird. Like I felt bad for Doug because like of his rules that he set up. Like it wasn't yeah. like he could be like, "Hey, Brandon, you want to take a week off or something?" Yeah, like that? he right. didn't. He didn't have a Ken Jennings clause <laughs> in the uh, Doug Loves yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun meeting you guys at DC Improv. You all were there on the tour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we tour together, do shows and whatnot. We're. Uh, I'm touring right now, tricrowder.com. We will be back touring together uh, in the near future. So, yeah, adding some dates, but we're always out there on the road doing the thing. Now, when you guys are on the road, do you get hotels together or do you have separate hotels? We have separate hotel rooms. Really early we're on. We're not even friends. Uh, actually, we were we were put together P. Diddy style, you know, mm-hmm. like making the band. And they were just like, this redneck knows words. This redneck knows words. Let's, <laughs> we can make, make some money them do stuff. Yeah. But yeah, now early on in tour, because we started touring together in 2016, and we shared hotel rooms, but that quickly went by the wayside because we got different, you know, 
snoring schedules and uh, waking up to pay just you know how it is but grown men in a room together but we've been known to do it uh you know we can sleep in the same bed no problem that's fine okay yeah justin and i have never done that i don't think Mm -hmm. because because justin and i have known each other for like fucking 12 15 years or something yeah like 14 years yeah um and so we like you know justin used to go on the road doing the auto shows and so i would like occasionally i would like meet him in boston or something like that or we travel for the podcast but we always had the same hotel room because we're both cheap as fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i was just curious about like you know if y'all did that and if it impacted your friendship in any way well when we when we first started the tour it was a matter of like we were all all three of us were in a room because none of us knew how long the tour was gonna last we were trying to you know keep the most of our money and then once it became evidence like oh this is our life from now on we're always going to be doing that this it turned into like okay i can make a little less money a year if it means that I get to have my own space and don't wake up to somebody yeah. in the corner just being like, I thought you about, I about, you know I was going to say, yeah, your own porn uh, <laughs> set up and everything. Vitally important on the road, obviously. So we, me and Trey did just room together though when we went to Europe. Uh, we're writing a new oh, okay. book and we wanted to save some money on that front, but like, you know, a couple of weeks at a time is it, it's totally fine. And we did, we did share a bed a couple of times, didn't we? Yeah, because everybody, we, we went to the UK and everybody definitely assumed we were a couple on like a honeymoon <laughs> situation because it did seem, it had a very romantic feel to it. So in the UK and hotels over there, they have these beds that it can either be put together as one bed or they can separate oh, them and yep, slide yep. them to different yep, sides of the room. So every time, almost every time we went into a new hotel room, we'd have to call them and be like, actually, could you separate the beds? And, you know, if they were just like, yeah, sure, we will. Okay. You know, <laughs> wink, wink. But yeah. A lover's quarrels. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Honeymoon's not going so well, I guess. <laughs> so, um, it, it's great to have you guys on the show. Um, your podcast, Justin and I, like mentioned at the beginning that we listened I f- kind of feel like we should have done Forrest Gump based on, you know, your conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you're the one that had, um, no, that's, we'll talk about the Batman uh, Schumacher theory that you heard before. But, okay. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you all talking about how Forrest Gump, like people sometimes don't realize that he's mentally challenged. Yeah, well, that's, I have a bit where I mentioned that on stuff. It's my assumption that people in California, you know, couldn't tell. They're like, oh, it's this amazing film about a completely typical Alabama man. You know, I just think we all just be like that, you know, so. But uh, I can't confirm that that was an actual phenomenon. There had to be at least a we, couple. I feel like we did. We did have this comment on on that episode last week, which I thought was hilarious because I find I find that there's this new trend in the world because we didn't learn what autism was till about six years ago. Yep. You know, like that was a, it's it's not new, but we just found out about it. Kind of like peanut allergies, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, now a bunch of people look back through characters in history and go, "Oh my God!" Like Sherlock Holmes, he was actually he was probably autistic. But somebody commented on our video and they were like, "Y'all are talking about." Forrest Gump as if he's mentally handicapped but he was actually autistic and I was like bitch he has a IQ of 50 in the movie he was five (laughs) they they plainly say in the movie that he was five points below the standard for Alabama public education if that's not (laughs) mentally handicapped then the word it don't exist you know what I mean 
Yeah, so like I said, we should have done Forrest Gump. Because then also, I could have <laughs> shared some stories about working at Bubba Gump and how people actually thought that Forrest Gump is a real person. Yeah. <laughs> did you, you did work there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Times Square, <laughs> too, in New York. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mind you, Forrest Gump is also one of my favorite movies. So yeah, oh, it's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm oh, we love it. Oh, while we have you guys, before we go to another thing y'all talked about in your podcast, do y'all think that uh, Forrest and or Forrest Jr. have HIV? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, obviously, like, I know Cookie Johnson don't have it. So, like, it is possible to be with somebody and not get it. Like, clearly, I'm not making a joke. I mean, that was a joke, kind of, but I'm not trying to be funny. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I choose to believe that they don't just for the sake of my heart. I choose know, to believe that they do. You're a dark person. I yeah. get it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think at least in my eyes, I'm just like, kid probably has HIV. Probably, right? yeah. Probably. Yeah. Did you know that, uh, have you guys ever seen the Walker, Texas Ranger clip where oh, uh, where uh, <laughs> Haley Joe Osment has that, like, they walk up and he's, you know, about the same age. He's like a young kid. And one of the other characters in Walker, Texas Ranger walks up and asks him how he's doing. And he goes, okay. Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> I've only ever seen it in that context. You, Conan O'Brien used to do the Walker, Texas Ranger lever and just play scenes out of context. That's the only way I've ever seen it. Oh my God. But yeah, he just says, Walker told me I had AIDS. And so at least in one universe, you know, Haley Joel Osment as a child yeah. had full-blown AIDS. Oh, <laughs> all right, well. Yeah. <laughs> The, oh, love the it. other thing uh, I wanted to talk to you all about before we jump into, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to kill time so we don't have to talk about this dog shit movie, <laughs> in case you can't tell. Uh, I, I was kind of okay. hoping it would go this way. Uh, uh, I was not, and now I'm embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you mentioned uh, that you heard this theory about Joe Schumacher's Batman movies are supposed to be the Batman that michael keaton's batman would watch on tv yeah yeah that's what i heard now it was a it was a fan theory but it was one of those fan theories that i was like okay i choose to believe this now and forever but it was that those the reason that those movies were so campy and outlandish is because they were movies made in the original batman universe for those people so like it makes sense that in the universe where Batman is real, the movies would be even more insane and more campy. And that's why there's like, like, I don't know if you remember in that movie, there was like that blatant, uh, uh, the blatant product placement of like the American Express, oh, like yeah, the yeah, Batman yeah. credit card yeah, or whatever yeah. that it, it was explain It was explaining away all of, all of those things. And when I saw that and I went back and rewatched the movie, I was like, well, surely this has to be what they were doing in it. And it makes it, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I do like that theory. If you if you can take that, but you know, Joe Schumacher was probably high on cocaine. He wasn't thinking mm. that. No, not even throw a little some rat. nipples on him. Yeah. <laughs> what well, it was was that somebody really really liked Batman Forever and didn't realize that most people didn't, and they were talking about it, and everybody was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And they were like, "Oh, well, uh, 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 actually, you you have to understand what they were going for, and then tried to make themselves seem like they were avant garde or some shit." Well, the the one that I'd always heard that they were going for, and I said this on the podcast, and I don't know if this is true either, but this that Schumacher was trying to like. You know, he was trying to make like an updated version of the like 60s super campy style mm. of Batman yeah. as opposed to like, you know, any kind of dark gritty thing like that's what he was going for. 
And I mean, you know, they're definitely goofy as all hell. So, you know, I could see that being the thing. I'm not saying that makes them good, but, you know. I think in either way, they failed. So. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, failure, <laughs> let's get into this fucking movie, Ready to Rumble, which is unfortunate because it's this the director of this movie, Brian Robbins, did two uh-huh. of my favorite movies of the 90s, uh, Good Burger and Varsity Blues. Yeah, Varsity Blues. Two, two movies yeah. you should not have to watch ever again. What? Even though, actually, I I actually did enjoy Varsity Blues when I was a kid. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it was especially if you if you like football, you played football right. in high school. You know, it just it felt real to me. And then just that stupid line, "I don't want your life." Your life. <laughs> and, uh, my f- we, my f- the thing oh, with that movie, like we like growing up in the that movie came out when we were like high school age playing high school football and we ever, we all, all my friends, we loved that movie. And then like retrospect, it's not like a great movie, but it still holds up for me, even though it's got some of the most comical Southern Southern accents ever committed to celluloid in that, in that movie. But still, that's not even my favorite line in the movie that me and my buddies used in high school all the time. Unfortunately, you never, you should never speak about a woman this way, but <laughs> we did. There we go. Uh, and we'd see a girl that perhaps she was a little, um, you know, quote loose with the men or whatever. And, and we would say, well, I tell you what, that girl fell off the, I want to suck your dick tree and hit every branch <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best line dude tweeter was the man who is also in this movie oh yep, god scott I mean, Kahn. We'll, we'll talk about scott Kahn because i do not like that man um but I do, <laughs> did he do something personally to you no. he's all head it's just he's a big head the entire time yeah. i'm watching him i'm like oh james Kahn just got pushed into like making this kid happen didn't he yeah. Did you, uh, the talking about the director, I didn't know. I looked him up to see what else he'd done. And I saw he directed all these other movies, like you said, and he was like, he produced all that. I don't know if he was like the Lauren yep. Michaels of all that or what, but he was really into that. And now, and he's still like, he's apparently the president of Paramount pictures like right now. So he's still out there doing it. Yeah. Man. I guess. And those, those shows generate a lot of money. Nickelodeon's still killing it. I don't have any kids yeah. of that, but you know, I don't have any kids at all, but, um, you know, Nickelodeon apparently is just as popular as it was when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, actually, Brandon, you have about like a few million of them swimming around in your nuts. But that's besides yeah. the point. Uh, let's get nut kids. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face, Brandon. That's all I needed. I that's all I needed. I don't like that evil cackle after you referred to my semen. I, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. But I don't know why you had to get all technical and get and get with the actual like medical term and call it. Semen. See, Corey and Trey, uh, it's grosser. We. Yeah. <laughs> We don't usually talk about our balls and what's inside our balls often on the show. Just want to like make sure we're not. Uh, That's all right. Confusing. We love ball talk, man. We bring out the ball stuff and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so Justin, like you were saying. When I see these two men, I think about balls. balls. <laughs> That's probably a lot of people may unironically think that about Corey because yeah. he has massive balls that you can like see through his pants. And uh, <laughs> like at our shows, gay men have commented afterwards about the size of his balls, but like your balls, Jesus yeah. Christ. And he's like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So some people may actually think of Corey Forrester and then think huge balls. There's really... <laughs> I do have one of the most unique bulges in all of entertainment because it is all ball, son. <laughs> all it ball. All ball. Everybody, <laughs> if you're listening to these guys, like, seriously, they are, like, the, the white southern version of media popcorn. Like, so, if you like this bitch, you're like, that's their podcast. This shit's hilarious. That's why I thought you guys would be perfect to bring on 
uh, our pod, but I'm just sorry if it's this movie. I don't know if y'all are fans of wrestling, but so, I have a Roddy Popper shirt on right now. Before, so before Corey like gets going, I'll just like <laughs> I, I don't know if y'all were ever into it because I knew as soon as he picked this movie, I, I knew how at least his part of this was going to go. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, like middle school and stuff, we loved wrestling. We were obsessed with it. Like this era of wrestling. So when this movie came out, it was a big hit with us. But I hadn't seen it since then. But Corey is like still a huge. We got a buddy, but it's one of Corey's good friends, a guy named Conrad Thompson, who's like the wrestling podcast king. They call him the <laughs> pod father. The pod father. He's like, mm-hmm. he, he's huge in the wrestling world. He's one of Corey's best friends. So Corey's like, he's big, big into, into wrestling. So I knew he'd have uh, a bunch of thoughts on this particular movie as soon as it came up. I was also kind of hoping that you guys would, uh, would hate it. Cause was just know that I am also a wrestling fan right back there. I got macho man, Randy Savage. I nice. also got a stone cold Steve Austin and uh, a rock one inside of a WWE ring coming or WWF. Nice. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. No, yeah, so school, like, yeah. I, I, I'm in for it as well, but this movie, I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing about this different. fucking movie is like, you know, you all mentioned Scott Khan, and we're going to talk about Scott, but the biggest issue with this movie is David Arquette. He is oh, fucking yeah. unhinged in this movie. <laughs> like, Completely. <laughs> I, I was wondering as I was watching, I was like, does it, did he, did he like always do this? Like, I don't remember him <laughs> always doing that. Cause I mean, yeah, like you said, unhinged. He's like, really going for it in this movie <laughs> apparently you know it's like uh former heavyweight champion of the world david arquette i believe that uh, yes you are w- correct wcw i read they f- made him take the belt because of, of this movie yeah. this movie and he didn't want to do it because he's like a big time wrestling fan too evidently so this was a labor of love for david arquette all right this movie was one of Passion can project. i say this about david arquette's performance in this movie <laughs> sure one of, if not the biggest underrated comedy performances of all time. It is absolutely magnificent. He delivers one of my favorite (laughs) lines of all time in this movie. Unironically, this movie, in my opinion, a cinematic touchstone. Um, (laughs) There were Oscar snubs abound, one from uh, Diamond Dallas Page himself, who coming straight from wrestling, have never acted before. I thought knocked it completely out of the park. I will say he did do a good job. He did do a good job. Joey Pants, as always, was a study. You know, I I don't really understand how y'all feel the complete opposite of that but it seems that you do and i'm upset about it and cool. i feel that i'm being bamboozled here Corey, i will give you this like i don't know if we have the same line in mind uh that you think is a great david arquette line but i did laugh really really hard when the king is first getting fucked up by all like the wrestlers and, he's and like, he says he's like, this, this isn't, isn't even, even a pay-per-view yeah that's it <laughs> that's okay. it yeah, that was really funny I, I didn't know i was curious if like I, every he's time like, i hear that line happening? this isn't even a pay-per-view i didn't know if like that resonated with people who aren't huge wrestling fans but like that line is and that's that's how you you can really tell. I mean, now you now you know like David Arquette is actually a wrestler, and everybody knows how much he loves it. But I think at the time, you know, knowing that he probably wrote that line, everybody's like, "Oh, he really gets the ins and out of wrestling," because that's what everybody, you know, when when fucking, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan uh, r- wrestled Ric Flair on Nitro, everybody was just like, "Can you believe they're doing this on free TV? What the fuck is going on?" You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's my favorite line in the whole movie. 
Yeah, because it's a very uh, what, inside baseball. It's very inside mm-hmm. baseball, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask. I was going to make sure and find out from Corey if he knew, because he does know a bunch of, like, wrestlers and wrestling adjacent people. Like, how is – in that world, where does this movie stand? Amongst, like, both fans, but also if you know, like, if wrestlers – what their opinion is of it, like love cinematic it. touchstone. They love cinematic it. touchstone. I mean, Hurricane Helms, uh, who a lot of people know famously for his uh, mini rivalry with The Rock on SmackDown. Hurricane Helms was actually the stunt coordinator for this movie. So, I mean, they really, you know, they had the uh, and obviously this was like this was a moment in time when WCW had just started to, they had been crushing WWE for 83 weeks and then they started going down and they're like, okay, we're going to do this movie and that's really going to help us. And like, you could argue that it ended up screwing them because of the thing with Arquette making him champ. Vince Russo comes in, uh, the writing kind of gets crazy. They're having to throw stuff at the wall. Um, and the, uh, the, so Sinclair who is played by Joey pants was actually is based on Eric Bischoff and mm. was originally supposed to be played by Eric Bischoff, mm. but Bischoff was just like, look, I'm not an actor. I can't do this. And so they get Sinclair <laughs> to come, they get Joey pants to come in and do it. But like that they wig was wanted, crazy by the way. Yeah. He's insane. <laughs> they, they want, but they wanted Eric Bischoff to play a super shitty version of himself. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost that, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of almost like uh, Sinclair is a little bit based off of Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I actually thought of that when I was watching because they've got all these wrestlers involved in the movie, obviously, and I do think that it's like unironically like a love letter to rest. Like they it don't. Is, yeah, it, it's like you can tell that the movie like digs wrestling. You know what I mean? It's not like shitting on it or the fans. Well, there is a lot of shit in this though. Yeah, a lot. A lot of poop talk. Yeah, I was going to make a joke as I was watching. I thought about calling it Nut Shots, the movie. And then <laughs> in the and then in the after credits scene, they had bloopers and they just cut together all yeah, of the nut yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they were acknowledging yeah. their love of yeah. nut shots. I was thinking about movie. the king. Like, I was like, he can't have any more kids. They like broke no, his balls. Probably well, a good if thing. If you're also you know. looking at the character in this movie, he right. shouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's probably, probably <laughs> by, worked. By out. the way, Trey, you have uh, Oliver Platt has never looked more like you than in this movie. It's a running joke with us that I think Trey and Oliver Platt look alike. And when he's sitting there in his fucking trailer, just housing Cheetos, drunk as fuck, I'm like, oh my baby, look at him. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? You know, I don't know that I have half the machismo of Oliver Platt, but yeah, you guys, you guys well, see it. You know what? You got a lot of platitude. I kind of wish that they actually just went with an actual wrestler. Yeah. For uh, the role of the king, as opposed to Oliver Platt, because like he just didn't give me, he didn't (laughs) give me, he didn't give me the feel. uh, God damn it. But he was, he was going for like the Dusty Rhodes archetype, the American dream. You know what I'm saying? And every man, somebody that we could all relate to. If they had fucking jacked up Hulk Hogan up there, then we never would have bought the redemption story because there would be nothing to redeem. But so, here's the thing, though. If you're going with the every man thing, his character is the king. He's okay, literally that's, coming that's as a king. That's so fair. it doesn't make sense. They needed somebody who's actually a little bit, you know, I, I, I for, for me, I would have wanted somebody who's a little bit more in shape or at least a, a bigger or larger than life kind of he a, like you know, kind of fat sloppy times. dude. 
He looked like he was going to mid- he looked like he was going to medieval times after that rant. That no, that no, match. but not even medieval times. I'm talking. He looked like he was like a fucking like shitty medieval times mm-hmm. and like a fucking like you know Charleston, West Virginia, or something or like at, that. Or at the yeah. very least, he's a schizophrenic that goes to White Castle and has it all wrong. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it I, is a it is a comedy, Corey. I, no, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Were you uh, disrespect? No, history. When you rewrite history, not uh, revisionist revisionist history. Revisionist, thank you. Uh, Had a brain fart. Not revisionist history here. Me and my buddies loved this movie when it came out because we loved wrestling so much. But at the time, our, like, big – we didn't care about actors, know about Oliver Platt or nothing, but we didn't – we were like, why why did they get this guy? You know, like, as 13-year-olds, we definitely wanted – you know, I, I get what you're saying about the everyman thing. And also, I was thinking about that while watching the movie last night. And, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow shows up and all this yeah. stuff. And I was like, it's not like they haven't always had these big yeah, of course. wrestlers. Like, they've always been a thing. Uh, but, yeah, when the movie came out, that also, I, I wasn't into it's, that uh, casting decision. But I like I all can't, I Maybe it's just because I am two years younger than you. But, like, I have never just immediately got a movie more than I immediately got this one. Like I wasn't thinking about no <laughs> oh casting shit. Like he was the king. It made sense. So, so Corey, when you watched you this movie, into the uh, storyline immediately. Yeah. So Corey, yeah. Corey, Corey, when you saw this movie, when you first saw this movie with all the glee in your heart, you didn't think to yourself, okay, uh, Gordy and Sean, th- there's something wrong here, right? They, because first of all, how old? Are oh, they I mean, to be? no, I got it. I got that they were losers for sure. No, that, this is more than being losers, Corey. Like, there's <laughs> this is this we, is. We were talking about Forrest Gump earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, Gordy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 so and Gordy, who by the way, I'm pretty sure that character was named after Terry Gordy, who was a member of the Fabulous Freebirds, who used to live about ten minutes down the road from me. A uh, little bit of history there. Yes, though I re- so after a little timeline of when this would have happened. This is after Goldberg has already had his streak ended, his undefeated streak, Mm -hmm. um, which is when I found out I got the Santa Claus talk about wrestling um, because I was watching that and Scott Hall comes in and tases him uh, with a taser and he loses and I'm freaking out. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, dad, dad, I've got to call the gaming commission. Did you just see that? Like he can't Goldberg didn't lose. They tased him. It was, it should be a forfeit. And, and I'm screaming, I'm cussing, I'm breaking stuff. And my dad had to explain to me that wrestling was uh, not fake, but a work. Right. So even as young as I was, when watching this movie, I knew that wrestling was scripted and quote, fake they don't like that word but i'm just you know for your audience so yes when i saw gordy and sean and they were still bought into it i did realize like oh these guys are idiots you know what i mean <laughs> like i even even as a 12 year old i was like i know that shit you know what i mean okay just wanted to make sure because i i was very concerned uh about where the story was going because i'm like gordy Gordy's not well. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not well at all. He's a huge man child. There was clearly now granted, you know, we do see this development in the movie with his arc with his father. Clearly there was, a, I mean, he's oh, the homophobic he, father and family, the, family the, the, homo, the homophobic father who I'm not sure didn't, you know, I don't know. He, he seemed a little touchy feely with his son. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's grabbing his nuts, looking. For he grabbed his, his son's best friend's balls, balls like aggressively, and then was yeah. like oddly sexual about it. I did think this movie, as far as the dad goes, 
this movie was kind of ahead of its time and having him as a cop just be so wantonly shooting everybody up and like yeah. and, and celebrating people being shot and all that yeah. shit pointing a gun at his own son and all that stuff i was like hey look at Shooting this the refrigerator Shooting the fridge. Yeah. so Shooting what did they have there that, that, <laughs> that juice started flowing out of yeah. all the holes okay what was up with the liquids and everything just dripping and oozing like the whole shit sewer cleanest thing and then they're eating by the sewage i thought the sewage yeah. was gonna fall on their food i was like oh we're that, gonna get that, that gag nope that they was also a- they also got so i wanted to ask you guys if anyone else thought about the fact that so they wreck the sep- the sewage truck right they wreck it and then right after that that causes a toilet paper truck yeah. to wreck into the poop truck classic classic comedy right uh, but I was thinking, like, in a movie not really filled with them, that was like a set piece where yeah. they wrecked two trucks, two yeah. big rigs, and, like, the amount of F- the FX budget, Extra money. budget that had to go into that bit, which was yeah. just, wouldn't it be funny if a toilet paper truck wrecked into a poop truck? Yeah. You know, I thought was surprising in a movie that clearly didn't have like some big tent pole budget like that. Man. They were like, this is it. This is where we put all of our. I mean, they had 24 million for this. They had and, 24 million. I mean, so, I mean, well, just, they maybe they're like, we got to put it somewhere. What if we had a poop truck? Right? And, yeah. But that fucking <laughs> car crash didn't even make sense because he was like, oh, I know. No, he did. Oh, and then he just crashed the truck. And Most, then they got soaked with poop when the mm-hmm. toilet paper truck wrecked Which the poop truck. They get covered with it. And right afterwards, it shows the cop and the fireman still soaked with poop, but they are no longer soaked with yeah, poop. Yeah. And then they just take off walking down the road to go hitchhiking. <laughs> and they would have covered in poop. poopy the whole time, but yeah. they but weren't. Oliver and Platt, nobody talked about him stinking. But Oliver Platt, he, they find him in the sewer and then he's in those clothes for a while. Just right. like going to different scenes. No yeah, there's a lot of people in poop-soaked clothes throughout. It was a stinky know. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Good thing this wasn't a smell vision, am I right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay. <laughs> I've never I just heard that bomb on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. But I appreciated what this movie was setting up. Like, when the king does get ambushed and gets really hurt during that match, you know, we had the pay-per-view uh, line. I was like, oh, this is something different. This isn't what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but this could go in something cool. And then it immediately devolved into this weird, like, creepy stalker fans thing. Like, if I were Albert Platt's character and these two dudes showed up on my trailer, they would be dead. I would, I would shot them both in the head. I mean, but at the same time, he had nothing to lose at that point because he literally had nothing. I mean, but at so the same crazy. time. So he was destitute before he lost that match, right? Like, you're right. not that close to the edge of financial ruin <laughs> because just one match went wrong in your career. So, right? uh, you know, so, you know, obviously if you watch the movie, you'll notice that, like, you know, they're having a normal match and then all of a sudden, you know, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, starts, you know, actually hitting him. And then they're like they're yeah. actually having the actual fight. That's something that used to actually kind of happen in wrestling. Uh, like yeah. if somebody it's is called a shoot. Is, yeah. So like guys were just like really being, you know, a dick and you know, like fucking up spots and things like that. You know, sometimes like Andre the Giant was was known for like putting people in their place. Like yeah. uh, you know, uh famously he put an uh, ultimate warrior in his place. Yep. And and he no sold for him like crazy. It's a in the business. It's commonly referred to as potatoing someone or giving a receipt. Um, but while we're on this topic, this is the one. Now, as a wrestling fan, and Justin, you know this. As a wrestling fan, uh, no group of people is asked 
uh, more constantly to, regardless of how crazy things are, suspend their disbelief. So I'm well versed in it. But in this movie, while we're on this scene, because I think it's important, you're talking about DDP really hitting him, and then Sinclair, um, you know, kicks him out of the WCW forever, but now he's going on this, like, resurrection journey. They, it's like, in this movie, wrestling is both scripted, but they're also treating it as if it's a real fight. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like the thing is, is like it doesn't really matter if he if he trains his way back to this. Like they're they're not going to write him back on television, and if they do, they're going <laughs> to script that. Like you're really going to go in there and real fake wrestle somebody and win the championship. Well, don't so, you think it was he was thinking because he'd already been he'd already had a a shoot a shoot is when they yeah, do right. it for real they start doing yeah. it for real when they're not supposed to because he'd already experienced that with ddp his expectation was that that would happen again and he might have he, to like actually fight yeah but like you still like they wouldn't even let the dude in the building you know what i mean like you, you can't just <laughs> you you couldn't just if vince mcmahon legit fired somebody and was like you're never gonna work for wwe again and then that dude just like you know hung out in a barn and punched a ham but, for a while and but he snuck into the building that's true that's and true he <clears throat> he made sinclair give him his shot by winning over the crowd to the extent that's that he true. did live on the show that by was whooping so his crazy ass. that's true <laughs> yeah. that was that's true yeah. never mind it's the hey, i was aspect. mistaken it does make sense never mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense but it does make sense yeah it because does. The, the, the live aspect then lends to the fact is like now he's kind of forced because yeah. now the crowd thinks that right. this is a work and then right. it's like, so now they're going to have to play out Listen. this storyline. And the fact is, because uh, they had DDP talking all that shit about him, it then kind of set him up for the attack and everything. So it actually makes sense. So they have no other choice but to go buy it, which also means that technically they had to pay him. Yes, that's true. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. of the, yeah. Okay, a few, few quick things I want to get to before, because y'all get <laughs> getting nerdy now about the yeah. wrestling stuff. We need to go back to Gordy. We need to go back to Gordy, okay? right. who is so broke that he has to stick his hand in his ass mm -hmm. and then put it by the slushy cup so he can get a refill on a thick grape slushy. Okay, mm -hmm. this guy is a dollar twenty six. Dollar twenty six. <laughs> he, he was trying to save. That's not good enough, is it, boob? You boob. That's on my Zappa, right? <laughs> that was terrible. Not yours. I was like, no, well, I know. His, him, him, because <laughs> that was that was on, that was on point. Yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> Man, those dudes, those dudes were fucking enormous there for about three years. Him and was it? It was Dweezil and Ahmad. That's Frank Zappa's kids, right? Yep. And I never, and I still to this day don't get it at all uh but again like i'm not gonna lie nostalgia factors so heavily into all this for me i can look now and see like yeah he was a little much as that cash register do but like i just i fucking love it anytime somebody's like just a at way out of line over the top douchebag to children small children in a comedy it always cracks me up which he did when he came out there it's just like he's uh he throws their bikes at him yeah and he says something like wrestling's for pussies well, or, losers yeah. or something and just walks yeah. back in that kind of cracked me up the kid from american pie that runner yeah. that his his dad thinking everything was for put like yeah, yeah. You no know, get off the phone you pussy yeah. like that, yeah. it was funny chatting on the phone for pussies yeah wasn't like there a that. line like a uh, I don't I I puke but I'm not a pussy or something like I that? Yeah, mm -hmm. I puke but I'm not a pussy. Because Dad yeah. says puking's a pussy. Dad says puking's, puking's for pussy. pussy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Christ. 
But can we also talk about the fact that we got fucking a Macho Man uh, scene in this? Yeah, album, and a great one at that. Yeah, this is this is up there for me with Bone Saw. Yeah, yeah, Bone Saw <laughs> is ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was great. I mean, they had all these Spider Man, you know, uh, Brandon. Oh, okay, Spider Man. They I wish had they had these. done more of that with Spider-Man because like in the comics, he did start out wrestling and shit. And we've only ever mm-hmm. had one live action scene of it. Like, do more. I want Tom Holland to wrestle so bad. How is the wrestling in this movie? They have so many pro wrestlers in it. Like the wrestling scenes, Corey, do they, do they work for you or did it all oh, seem I, like movie shit? No, I mean, I think they were great. And I mean, granted, I think that worked in their favor because like now WWE does a lot of quick cuts now and they do that because no wrestling organizations had no idea what HD was going to do to the wrestling world. You know what I mean? Because back in the day when it was low definition, you could you wouldn't see the 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 work and punches coming in as much. But mm-hmm. now in HD, you're seeing everything miss. So WWE, what they do is they do a lot of quick cuts so that you don't you can't really see how the sausage is made. And it does make it if you're you know if you're just watching here like oh that that looked real that looked real. And because of that, this movie was able to do that because they shot everything cinematically. So like I thought everything looked super cool. All the wrestling scenes were rad to me. And again. You know, this is actual wrestlers doing this, and they had Hurricane Helms there uh, stunting everybody who wasn't a wrestler. And I mean, I, dude, you know, I, I thought the wrestling was was great. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that. I, I you know, and then it's the four post like massacre this- was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> well, I, want- I mean, you, you had like you know, and the fact that we had like real wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm, in there, right. as opposed to these just you know bargain basement guys that they just picked off the street and they said that they were wrestlers uh you know like you know perry saturn and you know obviously the goldbergs bam bam bigelow you know guys like that just floating sid vicious floating sid vicious yeah. yeah i i read i didn't notice him did any of y'all notice a very famous wrestler who barely shows up in the background of this movie cena was work not uh john, was cena working out the cold? first first on-screen appearance of john cena in his oh. career was mm-hmm. he was in the gym when that, that wrestler's gym they went to john cena yeah. was apparently and i didn't see him but i read that on the internet which is so wild because he wasn't even signed with anybody then yeah so i have to admit to y'all something about this movie so i know they said that this guy's name was goldberg the whole time but for mm-hmm. some reason my head i just kept saying oh that's stone cold steve austin oh, how dare you? <laughs> wait you how didn't know you? who no. goldberg was before this no why no, not a wrestling yard. guy he's the same guy from the longest but, yard but you know hey here's the thing brandon um th- th- you thinking that is exactly what wcw wanted because goldberg was their Ooh. answer to stone cold steve austin yeah. and i mean aside from yeah. he could they couldn't have been more different aside from just bald white guy with goatee but stone cold steve austin had had this otherworldly ascension and they were like we got to get us some of that and so enter goldberg Got they it. basically got a guy who's like twice the size of Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin, <laughs> yeah. and instead of three sixteen, he's six thirty two. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do, I am familiar with the WCW versus the WWE because Business Words did a fantastic podcast series about. It, so I'm aware of that. But didn't this, like, in in the real world, like this movie, kind of be on the downturn for the WCW? Yeah, it was the downturn. Like, you know, uh, like I said, WWE had David Arquette's uh, performance. Yeah, Mm -hmm. WCW. So it wasn't like because of this movie. It was just like 
this movie happened at a time when Vince Russo had become the head writer for WCW. They had finally fallen below WWE in the ratings for the first time in 83 weeks. They start throwing shit against the wall, which ended up culminating with, they were like, let's put the belt on David Arquette. And then like everybody that was still hanging on to WCW at that point was like, okay, fuck this. And the company lasted like maybe a year. And then Vince McMahon bought them. Bought yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the Alliance angle. No, I'm sorry. The invasion. Invasion angle. angle. In like 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. somewhere in that. In that. Yep. Uh, one thing no one has said yet, guys, a lot of strong, well-developed, well-written female characters. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I'm yeah, like, you yeah, know, the yes, game, yes, there's <laughs> register girl number one and no, register yeah. girl number but two. But you know, they, they answered the reason Emphasis why. Emphasis on well-developed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they, it, they, they show us why the king never wears the, the, the usual wrestling shorts. Because he mm-hmm. probably got crabs, because that's what he gave his, his wife. <laughs> Caroline Ray. Played by the inimitable Caroline. Yeah, Caroline yeah. Ray. Yeah, they yeah. really like made her look crazy in this. Because I was like, oh, like, yeah. that's the mom. And then they got closer. I was like, why is she looking like this? Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, also... Uh, oh, man, I just blanked. Well, just these movies, the comedies of this era, dude, you know, that's like one of the main yeah. things about them that everybody remembers is just how, how bro centric and, yeah. and everything they were. And, you know, and, you know, toxic masculinity or what it just like the women in them are never, well, you know, it's always pretty much like this. They're just there for like titty and butt reasons. Well, that's mm-hmm. Brian Robbins, though, because he did the same thing he did with Carmen Electra and Good Burger with Rose McGowan and this where it's like, hey, you're going to fuck this dude I don't like and then you're going to mm-hmm. ruin their career or like ruin yeah. their life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and they, in both times, the men beat them up because they're like, yeah. they're throwing yeah. it's, Oh, it's yeah, that's that is right. Brian Rose, Robbins is they get assaulted gets, by their lover. Yeah, that's Brian right. Robbins has some Slapped around in this movie multiple times. Like, the, like she shows him her boobs and he responds by punching, slapping the shit out of her and then they just keep going and then she gets knocked out with a ladder at the no, but do you remember what he says as soon as she pulls her boobs out? Foreign object. Foreign object. Foreign object. Yeah. Gold. It's fucking gold. <laughs> well, that's the thing is I guess Forrest Gump. Well, I, I did write down, I'm like, so Gordy and uh uh Sean or whatever, uh Sugar Daddy, whatever the fuck Scott Collins character yeah. is, when they're looking at the women in like underwear, they're like naked, uh-huh. extra naked. I'm like, have they never seen a naked uh female before? Yeah, that well, scene's really rough. That's like they're that's, definitely virgins. So, but which is fine. I mean, well, but he, they look he like they're says 35. he lost his virginity. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe they literally haven't ever seen a naked woman at that point in their lives. Yeah. Like, because well, Gordy, 40, yeah, Gordy, which it's fun. yeah. With with Gordy, you can understand. Like, I know that. Like, I know that Sean is a loser, but he's also fucking Scott. Con- like, he's mm-hmm. really handsome. Like, even a the dumbest dude in the world who looks like that trips and falls into some pussy every now and then yeah yeah i I mean i was just very confused like when they go to king and they beg for uh him to let them help him get back to the spot they're like both on their knees are like crown me crown me king i was just like i don't (laughs) like any of this i love that shit any of this stuff like dude that's exactly how I'd be if I met Dusty Rhodes or something like that or like the iron sheik i'd want that motherfucker to put me in a camel clutch come on now so, um, so I used to work at a Verizon, and uh, Mick Foley used to come in all the time. Hell yeah! So I used to check him in all the time. So one day I'm uh, I'm checking people in, and all of a sudden it's just like uh, Michael, and I heard the voice. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I turn around. First of all, Mick Foley, he looks small compared to other wrestlers. Fucking massive. Yeah, he's yeah. six five. Huge. 
And like, I turn around, I'm just like, I know who you are. And I put him in, sent him in the back. And I was really debating with my coworkers. And it's like, yo, you think he'll take a picture just hitting me in the back with a chair? <laughs> like, that's right. all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I bet he would have. No, I get that too. I remember one time I've uh, like, I was at this, my wife was a personal trainer uh, when we got together and everything. And she used to take me to these fitness conventions, the Arnold Fitness Expo in Columbus, Ohio. It's the world's biggest fitness convention. I, she used to take me with her to that every year. One year there, I noticed something was going on around me. I couldn't tell what. And I turned around and, and literally bumped into Rampage Jackson, who was standing there with a big like chain on or whatever. And I was like, oh, shush. and I just went, I was like, uh, you the man rampage and i just sort of like <laughs> dapped him in the shoulder a little bit you know i was like you the man rampage and he just like looks at me and just like gives me a like that like a nod and walks on and i still almost shit myself but i've since told people like i kind of wish in retrospect that he would have been like don't you ever put your hands on me motherfucker you know? yeah. <laughs> like something like that and then not touched me I don't yeah because you'd be die. dead i don't want to yeah. die but like i kind of wish he'd have done something like that just for the sake of the story so i could say you know and they do that again at the end who punches sting sting, sting punches yeah. uh, one of them and then the other one jumps in like me next me next yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so yeah i'm kind of good fyi there is a video it's a college humor video where i get to kick kenny florian in the balls about nice. like fucking 10 times <laughs> i always thought it was just like i kicked the ufc like well title contender in the balls a, a bunch of yeah. times he did nothing about it were you yeah, filming jackass great. what the fuck was that <laughs> nah it was for this sketch called all balls brawls it's all it's <laughs> all about yeah, of course it was. we always talk about it's balls. hilarious so much balls uh but Justin, you mentioned um, – oh, no, Corey, you mentioned breaking the chair in the back. Okay, we got to talk about Martin Landau. Uh, un- unbelievable. Once he unbelievable. <laughs> Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? Want to wrestle? Corey, Corey, you have to – okay, you got to level with me, bad. You got – this – this should have been a career ender, right? Like, this was so fucking crazy. He was 90 fucking was... years old. It was the end of his goddamn career. Yeah. This was, you know what this was? This was a bow on top of a wonderful career. That's what this fucking was. He looked Cor- like, he looked like Stan Lee. You know, you know, unfortunately in the last like year or two of Stan Lee's life, his family essentially pushed him into all these comic yeah. cons where he's yeah. all fucked up. That's how I felt about Marlando. Like his agent just pushed him onto the set and he's just doing some weird shit. It was Corey, so he crushed. Is he? Do you know? Is he based on a real person? Like I know in the UFC in the MMA world, there's that dude Gene LaBelle, yeah. who's like a legend in the game, but he's real old now, and he made Steven Seagal shit himself. He choked him out so hard mm-hmm. once. That guy. Is there like a wrestling equivalent that? Yeah, Landau Stu Hart based on Stu Probably. Hart. Stu Hart. All yeah, right. Bret Hart's dad, who ran the dungeon in Calgary, uh, and like I'm pretty sure that he's. If he's still alive, he's still do like he's probably in his nineties. But like I remember Conrad and Bruce talking about like Stu Hart definitely into his eighties would t- still take guys down to the dungeon and quote stretch them. Uh, and he talks like this: I'll get him down there and I'll put him in the cripple cross face and like fuck him up. Canadian sling blade, yeah, Canadian <laughs> sling blade, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wild. I like ketchup on my donuts. Yeah. We've, we've never seen Sling Blade. It's on the docket, but we, we've never well, seen heard. it. Well, I got to watch that. That'd be good for us to come, come back, back for, Yeah, think. for sure. <laughs> very, very up our alley, for sure. But uh, how, do, how do y'all feel about, um? you touched on this a little bit in your podcast, but how do y'all feel about just people not from the South doing Southern accents in movies? Well, we, like, we don't, 
it's prefer we're it. not going to get it we're not going to soap soapbox out about it but there's varying degrees of success for sure like sometimes you know some of them are laughably bad and then other times you know you got to admit that it's pretty good but i just sort of accept it at this point and we did bring up on the podcast it seems like a lot of times uh they're you know british or australian and i've heard people say actually linguistically the british accent is close to the southern accent a lot of ways from a linguistic perspective and i was like it's like their justification for not hiring somebody with an actual southern accent it's like no we looked into the science of it and these people <laughs> could get these people can actually get real close so we don't have to fool with all that well but you uh, know at the same time i think that because of the stereotype there's a lot of people especially from the north that immediately go like so far into where I'm oh, here for sure. I mean, Varsity man. Blues was that yeah, for sure. Exactly. And most people don't notice, and I get that. I'm sure it's the same way with I've seen so many other types of accents where I'll go and I'll read comments on the internet. Comments on the internet about what, what, Corey? Don Cheadle and Ocean's uh, 11. Yeah, Remember, me any, and you were both like, nailed it. But anyway, and I'll see people from if it's an Irish accent or British or whatever, there's always somebody on the Internet talking about how laughably terrible it was. And I can never tell with those. So I get it. But actually, I just remembered I had a bit part in Veronica Mars, the Veronica Mars reboot. I was oh, in nice. two episodes of that as Chattanooga Charlie. <laughs> and, uh, and I was basically just playing a version of myself. And I saw people on the internet afterwards saying, I don't know where they found that guy to play Chattanooga Charlie, but that was one of the worst Southern accents I have ever heard an actor do about me. I get <laughs> literally I get using it. my own accent. So. I get it on my videos, and I know you do too. Me when too. I'm not even acting, I am playing myself, and people were like, this guy's clearly fake because I'm from North Georgia too, and none of us sound like that. And I'm like, uh, well, motherfucker, come on down for Sunday dinner because I'm right so, here. I get that it's like you can't win with accents. No, you can't. Exactly. You know what I mean? You can't win. Or no one, ne people are never going to so, be fully satisfied. So you may as well not hire a Southern person, is what <laughs> we're saying. Scott <laughs> Scott Kahn did a uh, Southern accent in Varsity Blues, right? If I uh, no, I think he just played it straight. Oh, I'm pretty he, sure. He, he played like Scott Kahn because that's what he does. He doesn't. He might have had, he might have had a subtle one but like i don't remember being criminally offended by his accent the way that i was by so many of them <laughs> like so many and, and like dude they were so bad in that movie that they were good in my opinion you know what i mean they were so comical that i was like all right this is funny yeah i wish that i could say the same thing about scott Kahn in this movie uh because he crushes i i was because i'm like yeah, he's a good-looking dude, but he has the personality of a fingerprint on glass. Like, there was nothing happening. In this movie? It was so... And then it became Sugar Daddy with the red suit. I'm like, he's going to pimp out the king. Like, what is <laughs> happening right now? He yeah, he definitely had the pimp suit on, for sure. I thought he was so good in this movie. I thought, <laughs> of course, I thought everybody was so good in this movie. You know, Scott Kahn's outfit at the end reminded me of fucking uh, Slick from WWF. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite cap. I think the unsung hero of this movie, though, is the uh, is the little old lady that has played every little old lady in oh every movie. And so when she, the, my two favorite lines of hers, uh, she said, uh, uh, "I hope you bitch slap Diamond Dallas Page." And also, uh, <laughs> she goes, "If you're going to if you're going to Nitro, get me a t shirt, a really tight one." And they're just she also like, oh, gross. <laughs> he also says something like slap him around like a toothless crack whore. <laughs> That's another one she says. They had a lot of that, like where it's like 
you know, that type of humor in this where it's like, if we have a sweet little old lady saying, say this, yeah. shit, that'll be hilarious. Or if we have Scott Kahn, uh, karaoke and Britney Spears, like that apropos scene is cringe. Yeah. I'm saying they're just, yeah. they're doing something else. And it's almost they're like, we need something funny. Scott saying, right. Britney Spears. And he just does it. And yeah, they it just so look bad. at him. And that's like, that was such a oh, weird, you God. knew that was an awkward thing on set. They were just like, I don't oh, know what yeah. the fuck he's doing behind us while we're having this dialogue. And the- mm-hmm. I don't know though. At the time, it might have been playing. Just like I don't know if now, like that song is so old or whatever. And that, but like, yeah, there was a lot of those. There was a lot of mashups of just the like two uh, thousands comedy oh. movies where, like Trey said, it's just insert this here that has playing- nothing to do with the story at all. They kept playing that fucking lit song. Mowers in me. Song hits. I mean, that was the theme of the fucking movie, Brandon. <laughs> I honestly would have rather listened to Smash Mouth All Star. I, like, I, I'm sorry. You don't like Lit? I mean, no, because I like I that, was, I I like that song. Lit, I always got Lit confused now, with Len. And we Len, didn't talk Len, about is it. This other pointless scene, too, which, like, upon rewatch, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really that funny, but I died when I was a kid. Them just singing Van Halen with the nuns who farted yeah, that in the van. And then afterward, yeah, they just say that the nuns they fart. were farting. <laughs> like, they don't, no one smells a fart. It, that, it, that was funny how it. No, just, they smelled a fart in the in the truck afterwards he goes that's hey, what man. i mean is in the yeah. van it never yeah. comes up at all and then afterwards yeah, right. they just say well there are nuns were farting <laughs> dude i bet you anything that was added like they shot the scene with the nuns and they were like that wasn't really let's say the good. fart let's say that they're like, a crush they're like guys that uh that <laughs> this is looking really creepy we need to do something yeah <laughs> it's like hey let's have those nuns have a flagellant that- problem yeah, yeah, I did. A, I, did I did like the little subtle wink of like that nun clearly used to be a whore in her past life. You know what <laughs> I mean? When she was like, oh, no, yeah. I don't know any Van Halen. And then that one super innocent nun learns the lyrics to running with the devil and is just losing her absolute fucking <laughs> mind singing it beside him. It's not all bad, but it is just a scene that's just like. All right, they have to go from point A to point B, but that's kind of boring. Let's planes, trains, and automobiles it up. I thought hey, there listen, was one. That's why they edited the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's fucking theme song. Nobody right. wants to see him flying across. You yeah, know, it's exactly. like, let's yeah. cut to the good shit. Yeah, you right. guys might uh, shit on me for this one. I don't know, but I felt like, and I actually remembered this line. I didn't remember it until the scene started. And then I was like, oh, right. I thought there was one exchange of dialogue that was actually like, like pretty good comedic like you would see in other movies that have like written jokes into them as opposed to just like funny scenarios or whatever is when he goes over to rose mcgowan's place and he says buenos nachos senorita and she's like oh i didn't know you spoke spanish and he said whatever and she goes are you fluent he goes no i feel fine (laughs) <laughs> it was a good joke I, it was a good joke delivered okay. it well too i thought that would be funny I, if you didn't think that gordy there's a there's a 50 50 possibility of gordy killing her in that hotel room because he's so fucking crazy i mean yeah it then takes a turn for sure i mean yeah he's literally just straight up slapping her around and she like loves it <laughs> that was his second that was his second spanish joke in the movie too the first one is when he's uh and i love david arquette's delivery on this so much he's in the drive-thru of the taco place and he goes hey Brittany, how's the weather in there cold today hot tamale i thought that was, <laughs> that was so funny see yeah he's just yeah. he's wild and he's i so know crazy. dude because you know why because gordy's a wild motherfucker he's playing it perfect 
Uh, yes and no. Yeah, but he's a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude who has a kind and loving heart who just wants to help his uh his buddy out after his dad died and he had to take over his his shit sweeping service or whatever. And his entire life he was raised by two cops and a sister who's a cop, being told every day you've got to be a fucking cop. The fact that he didn't grow up and start actually murdering Rose McGowan's in hotels is about the same as the most sane as you can expect this fucking guy. I mean, right. I mean, he does say, like, listen, at the, the worst case scenario for this guy on a Tuesday is him murdering somebody. And again, though, our introduction to him is literally him fingering his own asshole and going, I need, while, I need and, a new slurpee. While his friend rants to little kids at a gas station at night about wrestling. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's funny because I, I didn't remember most much of this movie, you know, when I turned it on last night. And at first I thought the finger in the butt thing, I thought that was the whole, like he stands up, he puts his hand in his ass and then Scott Conn asks him why you have your hand in it or do you have your finger in your butt? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And I thought that was just going to be it. the whole joke. Like I thought, you know, no, he, like, no, he well, says, that's what we're in for. He says, he goes, Hey Gordy. And he goes, yeah. He goes, why does it look like you have your finger in your ass? And he goes, Cause I do, Cause I do. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fine if they had just <laughs> it like that. Well, I feel like there's a lot of jokes this movie that are sort of th- that, you know, yeah, what I mean? over like They just say no, like if if that joke had ended right there, and there yeah, was right. no like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, nothing um, that you can say I, I can think... convince me that Gordy is not off the reservation. I mean, this fucking, he is. He is. He says that he the is. flower shop was closed, so he gave her a bunch of bananas. Like this is wild <laughs> shit, guys. <laughs> He's Chick full of bananas, dude. The finger in the butt gag, you know, it, it just, I was just like, okay, so this is just like mall rats. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. With the exactly. Another cinematic masterpiece. Love mall rats. Mall, mall rats. I'm for that. This one, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about. So I, you know, again, nostalgia blinds me to a lot of things a lot of times. And I did like this movie as a 13 year old when it came out and I was still into pro wrestling and all that stuff. Uh, I still have like something of a soft spot for it because of that. But like while watching it last night, you know, for the first time in forever, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty dumb. <laughs> it's pretty, what? pretty dumb movie, but you know, it's, it's supposed to be a dumb movie. Look, I be, I, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and tell y'all that it's great. Is what well, I'm I've been doing a bit. Okay. Now, first yeah. off, I do love this movie, but I understand that it's very dumb, fucking hot garbage, but not only do I have, nostalgia for it from being a kid also from being a wrestling fan one time when this movie first came out i was on a business trip with my dad he had to go somewhere i don't i don't remember but i was going with him i was hanging out with my dad and this is before i found out he wasn't at all cool you know and when i thought that he was like a super superman you know before that got shattered um indefinitely um (laughs) but we were on this trip and uh and we he was having to stay in and work on his computer and i was like bored and he was like well let's rent this let's rent this movie you like wrestling we'll rent this movie and me and my dad watched it and we cackled like wolves the whole time and we and this is back when if you rented a movie at a hotel number one it was like seven dollars and number two that didn't mean you had it all night if you wanted to watch it again you had to re-rent it my dad rented that movie five times in a row because i wouldn't shut up about it we watched it back to back to back to back to back and now to this day in a ever dividing country 
Mm -hmm. uh, an ever uh, divisive and problematic country that we live in where me and my dad, let's just say, do not see eye to eye, chest to chest, nor dick to dick on there, anything <laughs> in this country. One of the few things that we can, I can always use as a diversion when things are getting heated is this move. I can pull any quote from this movie and then boom, for the next two hours, we're talking about it. So like, I just can't bring yeah. it. I can't bring myself to even say that it sucks even though i know it does <laughs> you know what I mean? it's just so hard but i still love it i'll never like you can't well you can never not love something like that Corey, i will say you're not alone we we uh we often ask our patreon subscribers to let us know like their thoughts and reviews on films we're going to be reviewing in the future and people are on your side uh quentin hampton wrote this one is crazy lol Justin Ives wrote, it's a funny and crazy movie at the height of WCW, pre-WWE, buying WCW. Crown King is one of my all-time favorite quotes and probably led to David Arquette wrestling for real from time to time. It's a medium for nostalgia, although some of the comedy has not aged well. Yeah, that's true. Sid Tobias wrote, personal favorite movie of mine. As a kid who grew up on the last bit of WCW into WWE, this movie is my shit. Crazy lines throughout the movie and all the crazy, uh, all the great wrestling cameos. I met Goldberg in real life back in college, and he was so cool. And he even took a pic with me doing some famous frown, kick his leathery ass, laughing emojis. Yeah, uh, I was actually about to ask. You know, you guys do a movie podcast. I don't know how many comedies of this era you've covered, but if you have covered a bunch of them, I was just wondering, like, how many of them do hold up? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I feel I, like just again, there's. I, I was going to say, not another team those, movie holds up. Right, that just so many of the things they had in common that we already kind of touched on earlier. It's like it just seems like almost none of them I would, would, say would like, hold up. I would say surprisingly, and you wouldn't think this, a lot of Adam Sandler movies still hold up. You're damn right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that out, like Adam all Sandler. the '90s like comedies and stuff. Like I would yeah. say. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, yep. Wedding Singer, like all those are even Big Daddy. I think came out in nineteen ninety nine. Boy, actually, you know what? Uh, what you call it? Um, uh, Big Daddy is like still. Yeah, that, that great. Touches my fucking heart every yeah. single yeah. time. So I, I that think, kid fucking murders in that movie did, yeah, too, yeah. dude. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I would say because you watch Good Burger and you're like, oh no, Ed is mentally unwell. He should not be mm -hmm. serving burgers. <laughs> and then no you think about his food. Uh, we've we've watched um we watched a recent '90s comedy that we were like oh this is dog shit I don't know why people thought this is funny, um, Cam to... Nowhere is fucking dangerous oh. as hell like you oh, know, yeah there's a lot of stuff that does and not hold up well did they even like attempt to make stuff that women would also find no fun? Like, you know what I mean know. it was just like women just had to. Nora Ephron was doing that shit. Or it's like they'll either laugh at it or they won't. We don't give a shit, but we're not gonna <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's why it was one viewpoint, period, in this era of comedies, and it was, you know, dudes, young dudes. That's why any no, female I, millennial, I, they're really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer the TV show, because that's pretty much all yeah, they have. All they have for right, female representation. Yeah. You know, like just like thinking about it, I feel like, especially at this time, this was like almost like the rise of like the Anna Ferris. You know, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. so she started to get big at this time. So it's just like she may have been like one of the first female uh, comedic actresses that actually started to get some burn, where they actually started kind of treating her like a person. Right. Beyond yeah. that, everybody else were really just plot devices. Or just and, and before that, right. it was Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg would yeah, be the only comedian sure. I would say that could probably be at that level. Yeah, but for at sure. the same time, you know, they never they never played her with any form of sex appeal. 
Oh, so, yeah. So, like, yeah. It, I wouldn't even Yeah, say Jumpin' Jack Flash, I thought she was a boy the whole time. When I saw that, <laughs> when I saw that as a kid, I didn't know that was Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. I thought it was some dreadlock kid. I was like, oh, this actor seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Justin, break down our rating system, baby. Stop calling me baby. So, guys, uh, we rate movies back to popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL40 exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we actually throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So, we sat down and we watched the 2000 film Ready to Rumble, Rumble, starring uh, David Arquette, uh, Scott Kahn, uh, Oliver Platt, Bill Goldberg, Diamond Dallas Page, Rose McGowan. I mean, the list goes on and on and on with all the cameos we got here. But, um, gentlemen, what say you? I mean, I uh, think but, you know how I feel. Yeah. I, I'm going to, like, I, for me personally, I'm going to rate it an extra large popcorn. But if Jeez. I, but now if I'm, fuck me, I'll, I'll be realistic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a small popcorn. It's not dog shit. Like it's a comedy. It serves its purpose. But like, you know, for me, it's extra large real life. It's small. So I was going to say, I was going to give it some nostalgia credit too for me. Cause again, I did love it as a kid. It didn't hold up for me, but I still got that place in my heart for it. So that because of that, I'm going to put it as a medium. Uh, so I'm giving it some, you know, bumping it up a little bit because of the nostalgia factor, uh, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> Brandon? Yeah, so you know what's crazy is I the whole time I'm thinking I'm gonna put this in the dog shit pile mm-hmm. and buy lots of dog shit. Like this movie was a box office bomb, it made like 15 mil on like a 26 million dollar. No, it made bu- 12 and a half mil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was gonna give it 12 and a half million pounds of dog shit. But this podcast episode and then also reflecting on the line, this is even a pay-per-view is really fucking funny. <laughs> like the way he delivered it too, like I got that joke like really well. And it hit hard for me, so I'm going to give it small. Are you saying that I changed your opinion from dog shit to small? I think Changing so. hearts and minds. I yeah. mean, you also I, have that personal story that I think influenced me as well. I think you, yeah. emotion, you emotionally <laughs> manipulated me. To I knew <laughs> that if I never accomplished anything in my career, my dad has probably looked at me before and said, that boy's going to change people's opinion about Ray to Rumble. Bane, <laughs> listen, I'm yeah. telling you. I'm telling you. He is. Look at him. He's the one. <laughs> All right. Um, so... For one, I understand where this fall, you know, like when this movie came out, wrestling was one of the biggest things on the planet because, mm-hmm. you know, not only did you have the WW, uh, the WCW and WWF wars going on, you know, you also had at the same time, DX was, it was huge. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. I mean, that was kind of towards the tail end of, of uh, the attitude era within WWF or WWE now. It was still, WWF until 2002. So you are correct. Indeed. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give this a small because I understand where this sits. And for the time frame, it was, you know, this was kind of a big deal. Um, but at the same time, this movie's fucking absolutely absurd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this motherfucker comes riding, um, comes riding into the ring yeah. on a motorcycle, jumping on a motorcycle through a fence. That's fucking crazy. Oh, uh-huh. but when Undertaker yeah. di- did it, you didn't give a fuck. You know what no, I mean? No, no, no. American when Badass, Undertaker he... came down, came down. That's the a dude the white uh, crow paint, right? And, and, and he rode yeah. around. That's something different from this motherfucker popping a wheelie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thirty no. feet 
in the air. Right. They clearly <laughs> like the, it was clearly not going to make it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like from the way you see the bike jump and then they just cut to it busting through the fence or whatever. But Brandon, the dude with the white, the crow face paint, that's stank. That stank. By the way, we didn't even. Oh, okay, okay. We didn't even. We didn't even talk about this, but I know we're getting out of here. But like Trey earlier, you mentioned you were like, uh, this is the, this is the first movie that didn't that treated cops like they were all just you know whatever that is cemented where at the end of the movie this dude who we're all sitting here talking about is a lunatic he is completely fucking unwell he just decides to go back home and they're just like here's your badge yeah <laughs> yeah right. he didn't have to do shit they were just like here's your badge and your gun that was some Stephen your dad King is a shit. cop your mama's a cop your sister's yeah. a cop you're a cop <laughs> And, and Gordy's the last motherfucker that should have a gun. I mean, That's what I'm yeah. saying. That which guy is, is which is commentary on how the uh, 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 system works. Mm -hmm. the, you know what I'm Deep saying? Messaging in this movie, Brandon. Yep. Uh, it's cuckoo bananas. <laughs> I mean, they they get the sewage on them, and the dude says it smells like French toast. Like he is not okay. Guys. Covered in shit. Covered in shit. <laughs> like it's 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 almost disturbing like the fact that they try to make him like have a love interest and like do all these inspirational things i'm like this dude is plumb crazy well that's classic this era comedy where they take a dude who is a loser or an otherwise bag of shit or insane and they just pair them up with the hottest girl you know at the mm -hmm. time and we're all supposed to buy it well y'all realize that this is a wrestling version of sidekicks with chuck norris right Oh, oh, I didn't God. realize that. Oh, that's God. Because <laughs> at the beginning, Gordy's having visions of the wrestlers, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's he has the, the the match with Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, he's out of his goddamn mind. Yeah. So, oh, and uh, did just, Justin... Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you give your writing? I, did we he said yeah, small. Yeah, I, I went small. small. Okay, I went all right. Uh, so, uh, what was his name? Uh, Sal uh, Bendini is actually based after uh, uh, Lou Threz and Stu Hart. Oh, Lou, Lou Threz. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. Is it for the record? I didn't know that. It's just when Trey said that, I was like, uh, it has to be Stu Hart. So, yeah. right on. I was glad to, that's awesome. Also, Booker T was in this, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Briefly, mm -hmm. very good. briefly. They let him show up at the end and run out. They there were like, and, and we got a black guy. All right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we know he called, we know he called uh. Hulk Hogan and a nigga. On, yeah. On <laughs> That's still one of the funniest games ever. It's so great because the best part about it is seeing Booker T, T realize that he fucked up and then just go, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, 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 They're and like, Hulk Hogan says it all the time. Why can't I? <laughs> that was so good. That's one of my mm. favorite fucking uh, wrestling oh, yeah. uh, bloopers in, the, in creation. Yeah. It's the best one. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining Justin and I to break down this is insane wrestling film ready to rumble. We've had it on the list for a long time. Glad we were finally able to make this happen. Please tell our listeners how they can follow you all on social media, like if you're hitting yeah. the road, um, they can see you live and all that stuff. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having us. This is, uh, I grew up in a video store. My dad had a video store when I was a kid. I could talk about movies oh, all day. Nice. This is a great show, so we're, uh, thank you for having us on it. Uh, on all social media, it's just Trey Crowder, T-R-A-E Crowder, and also TreyCrowder.com for tickets. But please listen to our podcast, Putting On Airs, wherever you get your podcasts, or subscribe to the YouTube channel at WatchPOA.com. The premise is me and him, to uh, hillbilly dipshits. We talk about fancy people stuff and then other shit, too. <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, like the queen and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, do that. <laughs> listen to me and, me and Trey's show. And uh, I'm not on tour right now. I'm just hanging out at the house. So uh, the best way to support your boy 
is to go to CoreyWritesForYou.com. That is my online publication where you can subscribe. Uh, you, you can do it for free, but you can also subscribe for $5 and you get bonus stuff. It's like a Patreon type thing. Uh, but I like to tell people if uh, you can't afford it, but you would still like the bonus stuff, you can just email me at buttercreamcorey at gmail.com and I will comp you. No questions asked because I know it is tough out there. Buttercream Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin, how can people follow you, man? Yeah. <laughs> just <cackling. laughs> All right. Well, y'all can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com. You can follow the show at Medium P Podcast, all social media platforms. Please be sure to go to the YouTube page, subscribe so you get alerted about all future interviews and reviews on that page. And Justin, if people want to support the show financially and also follow you, uh, what can they do? Buttercream Corey. <laughs> uh, guys, you can follow me at J Brown did it on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow the show and uh, be a part of the show on patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We got $2, $5, $10 and $15 packages. Guys, if you like the show, our backlog goes straight to Patreon. I mean, uh, bonus episodes are so much on there. If you're a fan that's where you got to be. And if you're feeling extra froggy, head over down to tpublic.com slash medium popcorn. Grab yourself a little swag. That's right. Slap it up. Put it down. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming to the show. We really appreciate it. And folks, check out their podcast, Put On Airs. It's Thanks Thank for having us. Warning. Uh. So if you get pisses or you're fine.